Hey there and welcome to Soul Church. Our prayer is that this message encourages you wherever you may be in life. You know, we've been hearing so many stories about what God is doing in people's lives and we'd love to hear yours. So take a second and send your story to stories at soulchurch.com. Thanks again for joining us today and we hope that you enjoy the message. God bless. We're so honored today to have Pastor Biju Thampi with us from Mumbai in India. And Pastor Biju, I love the fact that as a church, we are outward focused. It's one of our core values. We always look out for those in greater need than ourselves. And Pastor Biju and his wife Secunda and their three incredible boys um, pioneered Vision Rescue 17 years ago on the slums of Mumbai. Many of you have seen the movie, Slump Dog Millionaire. Well, Pastor Biju works on those rubbish dumps with those children every single day of his life and he feeds them he educates them along with the 300 plus staff he has and as a church we made a decision nearly eight years ago to partner with vision rescue on a monthly basis and for our heart for the house um, to support the work there and we want you to know pastor Biju, we stand with you and the last two years however difficult it's been for us in lockdown in the uk it's been that times 100 in Mumbai, India. He's going to be talking a little bit about that today. And so we thank you. We thank you for your love and your friendship. Pastor Biju spoke at Soul Church on the second Sunday, on the second Sunday back in 2014. And so it's been great for him to come back today and see how it's grown and see what God is doing here in Norwich. We love you. Why don't you give him a huge Soul Church welcome as he comes to the stage. Come on, let's welcome him back. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Good morning, Soul Church. While we are still standing, let's take a moment to pray. By the name of Jesus, we come to you. Lord, we want to thank you for all that you're doing around the world. Thank you, Lord, for your hand of protection over our two dear brothers who are on the way to Ukraine. Thank you, Lord, for this church which has a heart for the nations. Lord, I want to thank you for bringing every single one of your precious children into this place today. Lord, I pray that nobody will go back the same way we came. Jesus, touch your people. Your people have come to have an encounter with you. Holy Spirit, I give over to you. You take over, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. I bring you hot and spicy greetings from India. <laughs> My one wife and uh, three boys send their greetings to you. I specifically say one wife because in many parts of India we have people with multiple wives. And I remember going to one of our churches up in the north of India and the pastor said, I, have, I want to take you to home. I want you to solve a problem for me. I said, what is the problem? So this man who has several wives, him and all his wives have got saved. They're all coming to church. What do I do? Okay, so you know what I have to deal with. Uh, but thank God there is a solution for everything in Jesus. Amen. I won't, I won't go into the details of the solutions. But um, yes, my one, one wife and my three children send their greetings to you. And it's so good to be here. It's so good to be part of your journey. I was here on the week two of Soul Church after you planted and just to see what God is doing in your life, what God is doing through you, not only in Norwich, in Mumbai, Ukraine, around the world, it's incredible. I want all of you to just stretch your hands. 
Look at your hand and say, I got long hands. Come on, say it out. I got long hands. You got long hands. Your hands are so long, you're reaching people in Ukraine. You're reaching people in Mumbai. You're feeding children in Kolkata, in Delhi, around the world. How do you get long hands? You get long hands when you get planted in a church that has long hands. Right? I believe that is the heart of this church. This church is not an inward-looking church. This is a place, your leaders, I know them very well. They have a heart for the nations. They are outward. They are always looking out to make a difference. And uh, I want to thank Pastor John and Chattel for having me here again and again and again. It's so good to come back. And we love having them in India. Pastor Chantel is about to come to India for the first time. Mumbai, get ready. Chantel is coming. And um, we were kind of, we had to have practice handling Pastor John coming alone, you know, for a few times before, before she came. Because every time he comes, we have to like, it's a, he would create great moments, you know, like. <laughs> Our church is on the 13th floor of a building. And uh, there are multiple offices in the building. And one day we were, he came to preach in our church. We were going back. And Mumbai is a city of 23 million people. Okay, so everything is crowded. Even the elevators are crowded. Like we get into an elevator. Instead of six people, we have like 15 people. <laughs> like everybody is like, like holding their breath in the elevator. And Pastor John is standing there. And somebody else standing in front of Pastor John. And somebody else standing in front of Pastor John, and he pokes the head of the person who's standing in front of And he just, the guy, that girl is looking back to a guy who is standing right next to him. Like, why did he, he's like, I don't know. <laughs> so thank God for leaders who will make you uncomfortable. <laughs> Definitely they are one of them. So Chantel, we've been practicing with Pastor John. Now we are, I think we are ready for you, you know. I'll tell you stories when I come next time What all mischief that Together Danger But isn't it amazing to have amazing people leading Leading you I get to travel to a lot of places And uh, uh, I want to encourage you that You have incredible leaders That God has given to you Who love you Who care about you I heard them talking about you behind your back They'd say good things about you. I know that they want the best for you. And I want to encourage you to continue to stand with them. Stand with the vision. Rally behind the vision. And I believe you will see amazing things happening, not only in Norwich, but around the world. Because of being planted. If you are still not planted, I want to encourage you, get planted. The Bible says those who are planted in the house of God flourish in the courts of the Lord. God's method for you to flourish is by getting planted in God's house. So if you're still checking out, in and out, I want to encourage you, stop checking out. Check in, you know, like, check in. Get planted. Don't be a consumer, be a stakeholder. Sign up to be a volunteer. There is a place for everybody here. There is room for you to serve. And the moment you become, you know, a, a stakeholder, the moment you begin... To give you time, your energy, your finance, put your stake down. That is when your life begins to change. That is when your marriage, your family, your business, you see transformation in your life. And I want to encourage you to taste and see that happening in your life.
Brilliant. I want to thank you for standing with us as a church. During COVID, we had the most difficult two years, but the most miracle-filled two years. When COVID hit for India, it was, I mean, more than the virus, what affected our nation was the lockdown and people going into starvation as a result of the lockdown. Of course, the virus affected a lot of people, you know, a lot of deaths, uh, which was terrible. But more than that, when the lockdown was announced, it was as of tonight, nobody get out of the house. If you got out of the house, police would catch you. People were getting beaten up on the streets by cops for getting out of their house and be just being on the streets. And uh, so hundreds of millions of people in India are daily wage earners. If they don't work today, they don't eat tomorrow. They don't have any savings. A lot of people don't have bank, bank accounts. So when the lockdown came, their work just hard stop. They couldn't work from tomorrow. That means they don't eat, they don't survive. That became the reality for so many people. People, I heard about people who would, who drowned their children and committed suicide because they did not, could not bear the sight of seeing their children die of starvation in front of them. That was a reality. One side, that reality was there. On the other side, we had, you know, people, our partners, several of our partners, their businesses were affected. We got calls saying as of this month, we will not be able to support you, support your ministry. So churches partnering with us. Hey, our, our giving is going to go down because our church, people are affected financially. Giving all genuine reasons, you know. I mean, it's all the reality for everybody. We, are, we were all affected around the world. That is that reality on the other side. And from a different side, I'm getting phone calls from well-meaning leaders of other charities saying... Biju, we are cutting down operations, we are laying off staff, we are all going to get financially affected, all the charities, uh, not-for-profits are getting financially affected, do what you have to do. I was confused, I didn't know what to do. So what do you do when you don't know what to do? You go to Jesus, right? I want to encourage you with that word, somebody needs to hear that. God is not your last resort. Don't wait till you try everything else. Go to God. Seek Him first. I went to the Lord and said, Lord, what do I do? I don't know what to do. Nobody was able to really give clear advice because we were all facing this pandemic for the first time, right? I don't know what to do, Lord. I, Lord spoke to me. He said, I am the one who called you. I called you because these people need you. And if these people need you, they need you all the more now. So now how can you back off? This is not the time for you to go back or shrink down. This is the time for you to do more than what you've ever done before. All I needed to hear was the word from the Lord. I called up my team. I said, we are not laying off any of our staff. Get ready to do more. The Lord told me we are going to do more. And that's what we began. So we heard about people who were starving. So one of our communities, we heard about 17 families who were going into starvation. 
So we designed a grocery pack that would feed a family of five for 10 days. And we began to start with those 17 families. Began to 30 families, 50 families. Within two and a half months, we were doing 18,000 families. We were good giving food to 18,000 families. In the midst of financial crunch, in the midst of, you know, everything, we had to get permits to even get our trucks on the road. I could not even get out on the road. So, logistically, it was challenged because we could not gather people to receive the gifts. They could not even come out of the house. So we had to find a way, find a way to do it. God was with us. God provided the finance miraculously. God gave us wisdom how to do it. All our children from the slums, they are now online education. We got them into online education. We were able to give 108 tons of sanitizers and protective gears to hospitals, to police force who were out there. You know, I don't know how it happened. Miracle after miracles. We were able to give oxygen concentrators to hospitals. All in the midst of a pandemic. All in a time when our finances were shrinking. God came through. Amen. Amen. Today, I want to encourage you, if you're going through a difficult time, don't conform or adjust your standards to what the world is telling you. Listen to what the Holy Spirit is telling you. Take steps of faith. We are people of faith. God is not moved by your need. God is moved by your faith. Right? When you take steps of faith, because how do you take steps of faith? In obedience to what He is telling you. You, when you listen to God, obey Him, take that step of faith, then miracles begin, begin to happen. Amen? So many miracles, just like we heard from Pastor Yuri. Small, small miracles. Many small miracles. Isn't that amazing? Think about it. How many small miracles have God done for you? Big and small. God is with you. He is for you. He is on your side. I believe, I want to encourage you. Take steps of faith. Move forward and He will never let you down. He will never let you down. Never let you go. I want to start by telling the story of a young girl, 17 years old. Dipali is her name. When she was young, maybe about 10 years old, when she was about 10 years old, she came into one of our education buses. We have buses which we turned into classrooms. Now we have moved forward from that model, but that's how we started. So she came into one of our buses. She lived in extremely poor slum, no running water, no electricity. Uh, legally, illegally they would take. No toilets in the house. Little, you know, her father was a criminal, mother was ill. Her school was discontinued. She came into our, one of our buses and uh, we took her through a non-formal education, developed her confidence for education, put her in school. Okay, stay with me on this story. We put her in school, she began to continue, very bright girl. And while she was in her 10th grade, that is, I think your A-levels, or O-levels, whatever, year 10, most challenging year, during that year, her father, he was a criminal, as I told you, once when he was coming out of jail, he got shot, and in a few months' time, he died. Her mother, she had tuberculosis, same year, she also succumbed to her sickness. But despite 
all these negative environments in her home, she managed to write her exam, pass her exam, she passed her 10th grade, you know, winner, overcomer. And, uh, but she had no way of going for further studies. Because she was living in a small room with six other people. Her sister, who had been abandoned by her husband, along with her three children, her brother and wife, and her, all of them living in one little room. For them to survive, she and her sister had to do a small vegetable business. It's a little cart that they would push. They would procure the vegetable in the morning, and the evening they would sell to people who were coming back from the offices. From that meager income, they would survive. Now, but she wanted to study. So, with Vision Rescue, we have a whole range of employable skill training programs. I want to, while, there, while I'm there, I want to say a word to thank you. In the midst of this whole pandemic, Soul Church, you stood with us. You are giving, even though your income went down, your giving did not go down. Amen. Thank you for standing with us. Without you, we could not have done what we have done. So I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for standing with us. So we have this. So one of them is a culinary training school where people learn culinary skills and we put them, we get them a job after that. So we told Deepali, what do you want to do? We asked her, she said she would like to go enroll the culinary school. So we enrolled her in the culinary school. So 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. she would come to the culinary school. Okay. For that, she, need, she needs to get out of the home just before 9 because there's a one-hour train journey to get to the culinary school and one hour back. Okay, after she came back from culinary school, she will help her sister procure the vegetables, set up the cart. Then 5 to 6 p.m., we enrolled her in our computer training school. She will go for a computer class. Then she would come back at 6.30 and then help her sister sell vegetables till 11 p.m. at night. Then she will go home, have dinner, go to sleep around 12 o'clock. This is her normal routine. Now, the next part of the story comes. There, is, there are three little children living next door to her. Okay. Their mother passed away. Father abandoned them. Eldest of those three is 11 years old and his name is Golu. Now, for these three to survive... Little Golu, all of 11 years, he has to sell fish in the market. He can't go to school. He has to sell fish in the market to look after his younger siblings. I mean, in an age where he should be going to school and playing around, he has the responsibility of looking after two younger siblings. But he is, for him to be able to sell fish, he has to get on a train, one hour journey to town, and then go to the fish market, and procure the fish, take a one-hour train journey back, set everything up. He is not able to do it on his own. He's only 11 years old. He can't. So the Pali, what she does, she goes to bed at 12 o'clock. I told you her other routine. And she gets up at 3.30 a.m. Okay, 17-year-old girl. She goes next door, wakes up Golu, gets him ready, gets him a cup of tea, Takes him, takes him to the, to the train station, gets on a train with him, with her basket and everything, does the one-hour train journey with him, 
go to the fish market, buy the fish, carry the fish and the ice and everything, it's heavy basket along with him, get on the Mumbai local train again, back to their slum, sets it up for him, goes home, now she's smelling like fish. Shower, breakfast, run to the train station, then her other routine starts that I just told, her, told you before. And she's happy, she's like, she's smiling as she's telling me her routine. I'm like shocked, I said, Deepali, you already have a big life, you already have a busy life. You yourself have got so much to do for you to stay afloat. Why you don't really have to go and help the other child? Why do you have to, why do you get up 3.30 in the morning? I wanted to know her reason, why, why do you want to do that? Why would you do that? She looked at me like surprised that I would even ask that question. And she asked me a question. She said, why wouldn't I? Why wouldn't I? That is my message to you today. Why wouldn't I? Why wouldn't I? You know, when, when we receive Jesus Christ into our life, a supernatural great exchange happens. Our sin is gone. We receive our, his righteousness. Second Corinthians 5.17, the Bible says, If any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. Right? You are a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. Everything has become new. And one of the things that happens, Ezekiel, the Bible says, God takes away your heart of stone and gives you a heart of flesh. And you have the ability to think like Jesus. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 16, the Bible says, we have the mind of Christ. Right? Romans chapter 12, the Bible says, do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I believe God wants us to change the way we think in line with our new identity. And when we do that, one of the mindsets that we get is a why wouldn't I mindset towards the things of God. Instead of why should I, why wouldn't I? If you look at the Bible right from the beginning, people who made a difference, people who we call heroes of faith, they were all simple people, but he who thought, why wouldn't I? In the book of Genesis, Abraham did not really have to go and rescue soul. Oh, sorry, Lot. Because Lot left him. Right? When Lot was in trouble, he could have thought, serves him well. He should have stayed with me. He went his own way. Well, that's your destiny. But Abraham was a friend of God. As a friend of God, his thinking was aligned to God's thinking because as a friend, he was influenced by his friend. As a result of that, what happened? Instead of thinking, why should I? He began to think, why wouldn't I? He risked his own life. He went and rescued Loth. Fought for him. 
Look at the life of Moses in the book of Exodus. He was comfortable in the king's palace. He didn't have to get out and go and inquire about other Jewish people. But the Bible says when Moses grew up, he went out and found out what was happening with his brothers. And he took some risks. Even though, I mean, he messed up. But his intentions were good. And God ultimately brought him, brought him back to do what he initially intended to do. But he, his thinking was, I'm in the palace. I'm resourced. I'm able to do. Why wouldn't I go and help my people? Look at the life of Nehemiah. He was in the palace again. Had a great job. Wine taster. Awesome. Great job. Right? But when he heard that the walls of Jerusalem was broken, he didn't have to do anything. Because he was safe. He was fine. It didn't affect him personally. But he thought, why wouldn't I? How can I not do this? How can I not? Building a wall was not his expertise. But he went. Look at the life of Esther. We could have example after example. Esther chapter 4, we know the story. She told Mordecai, get everybody fast and pray. I'm going to go even though it's against the law. I will go if I perish. Let me perish. But I'm not going to sit back. I'm going to do that because why wouldn't I? How can I not? I really want to thank God that Soul Church is a why wouldn't I church? How can I not church? You don't have to do, reach out and do what you're doing in Ukraine right now. You've got your own problems. Why are you doing it? Because your pastors think, why wouldn't I? You think, why wouldn't I? A pastor is one of those people who would make people uncomfortable. It's not easy to come here and ask for money to people, to raise money. To... But he would put himself in that awkward position because he thinks, why wouldn't I? I really believe as children of God, God has called you for greatness. God has created you with seeds of greatness. And I really believe for you to step into that life of greatness. God wants every single one of us to step into a realm, a realm where we begin to think, why wouldn't I? Instead of, why should I? I want to talk about, quickly I want to talk about three, three important things that we need that leads to a why wouldn't I thinking. Number one, and instead of entitlement thinking, we have gratitude thinking. Gratitude thinking, gratitude mindset versus entitlement versus mindset. If I am an entitlement mindset person, I'm only thinking about myself. Okay, what do I get? What's in it for me? Okay, I'm not getting what I need to get. You're always dissatisfied. But when you become a gratitude-minded person, when you begin to think about the small, small miracles that happens in your life every day, isn't it amazing? 
When this virus came, one thing that really got us thinking was we can't, nobody has seen the virus. None of us, especially maybe some scientists saw it through telescope or microscope. But as common people, we could not see. It really got me thinking of now we know about this, but even while I am, we are out and about, how many viruses, germs are out there? God is protecting us. Isn't it amazing? We only think about the miracle when we get into danger, then we get delivered. How many dangers? God has put an immune system in your body. What a miracle. Body itself fights it. God has kept a system within you to keep you safe, to fight the germs, to fight the viruses. Like that, so many miracles every day happens in your life. When you begin to think about how good God is to us. With COVID, so many people in hospitals, they had to pay through their nose to get oxygen into their nose. Right? God gives you free oxygen. <laughs> you don't pay. Even when you're sleeping, you are, you know. Sometimes we make different noises, you know. But <laughs> so, get into a gratitude mindset. Thank God that you live in England right now. Thank God. Thank God you have NHS. NHS. Thank God you have free education. So many things. Get into a gratitude mindset. When you live with a gratitude mindset, you begin to become a why wouldn't I person. Amen. Number two. Law thinking versus love thinking. When you are a law focused person, as long as it, I tick the box, I'm okay. I don't have to go the extra mile. That's the thinking. Right? I don't have to go the extra mile. The priest and the Levite, when they saw that man who was looted, they were all law focused people. They say, Oh, I don't have to do that. It's not, not my job. It doesn't come into my job description. Okay, I am going for my job description. I have a meeting out there. That is in my box. You know, as long as I get there on time for the meeting, I'm okay. I'll pray for this guy. But when you are a love-focused person rather than a law-focused person, you begin to think, why wouldn't I? Amen? God has set us free from the law, but we are under a greater law. Under the old covenant, under the old law, if you are not, do not steal. Okay. If you are not stealing, you're okay. But when you are a love-focused person, when you live with the revelation of how much you have been loved by God, you are not going to only not steal, you become a generous person. Right? You become a giving person. Do not commit adultery. Awesome. As long as you are not committing adultery, you are okay. But under the new law, when you are a love-focused person, when you live with the revelation of how much you have been loved by God, you don't stop there. You become a loving husband, a loving wife. Amen. So when you are a love, God's love-focused person, live with the revelation of how much you have been loved by God, you begin to think, why wouldn't I? Why wouldn't I? You don't think, why should I? Number three, purpose-focused, not comfort-focused. Right. 
when you are thinking about your own comfort all the time you will always think about your comfort you're in your comfort zone god didn't create us for comfort god created us for purpose right how comfortable is comfortable you have a comfortable house you want a more comfortable house you want sing you have single glazing glass you want double glazing glass <laughs> we don't have that problem in india we are breaking the glass we need more air coming in <laughs> you have a nice soft mattress you want a softer mattress you never be comfortable god comfort will not bring you happiness purpose brings you happiness purpose brings you joy hallelujah purpose helps you to live with meaning comfort is a myth when you begin to focus on god's plan and purpose for your life then you begin to think why wouldn't i because i was created for this i was made for this moment i was born for this purpose this is why i was i was born why wouldn't i do this why wouldn't i reach out why wouldn't i give a phone call to that lonely person why wouldn't i supply food to that hungry person why wouldn't i i can tell you story after stories of people from our team simple people who have been drug addicts came in had an encounter with jesus they begin to think why wouldn't i during this pandemic one of those boys whom we rescued was trafficked as a child ended up on the streets in mumbai we rescued him taught him how to cook he became a cook a chef he started his own consultancy business catering company during the pandemic he set up community kitchen he was feeding hundreds and hundreds of people he is not working with vision rescue nobody told him to do it why wouldn't i yeah. amen amen i really believe when you step into that realm your life begin to change god is a why wouldn't i god how can i not god that is why we have been saved jesus when he was on the garden of gethsemane he said father if possible take this cup away from me yet not my will let your will be done yeah. hebrews chapter 12 the bible says for the sake of the joy set before him he endured the cross scorning its shame what was the joy set before him it was the salvation of you and me he looked at the cross and he thought why wouldn't i why 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 wouldn't i how can i not do this because i want my relationship with my child i want sam to be part of my family i want shantel to be in relationship with me why wouldn't i embrace this cross romans chapter 8 verse 32 the bible says he who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all how will he not also along with him freely give us all things you know the devil will put doubts in your mind saying i am not good enough for god would god really hear my prayer would god really answer my prayer will god really give me this breakthrough in my life in my marriage in my business in the name of jesus today i believe those doubts are going to be dispelled because god is a why wouldn't i god why wouldn't he why wouldn't he do it if he gave his son for you why wouldn't he do miracles for you why wouldn't he protect you why wouldn't he come through for you why wouldn't he give you that breakthrough 
Why wouldn't he restore your marriage? Why wouldn't he do it for you? There's no reason for you to be, believe that he would not. But the step one, step one is to enter into a relationship with him. To know this God. And a lot of times, you know, the only thing that separates us from God is sin. Nothing else. You know. And there is nothing that we can do or we need to do to get our sins forgiven. We can't do anything. And we don't need to do anything because it's all been done for us. When Jesus died on that cross, he paid the price. If there's anybody listening to me, if you don't have a relationship with God, if you don't have the confidence to call God your father, if you don't have the confidence to go and ask big asks to God, today I want to lead you into that place where your confidence is back. I want to pray for you. Lead you into that relationship with your heavenly father. Why don't we all stand together? I want to pray for you. It's a moment of transformation for people. Moment of transition for people from why should I to why wouldn't I. Moment where people are going to enter into a relationship, confident relationship with your heavenly father. Thank you, Jesus. My dear friend, like I said earlier, you don't have to do anything to have your sins forgiven. Jesus did it all. The Bible says all that you have to do to have your sins removed and enter into a relationship with God. Believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus died for you and that he rose again. The moment you make that confession of faith, ask him to come into your life, the greatest miracle happens. Your sin is gone. You receive his holiness, his righteousness. You enter into a confident relationship with your heavenly father. If you want to make that decision today, I want to lead you in that prayer. Every eye is closed. Every head bowed in the presence of God. This is your moment. Greatest moment in life. If you want to make that decision, if you want to make that prayer, as a sign of saying yes to Jesus, wherever you are, I want you to lift up your right hand to heaven and say, God, yes, Lord, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. That's awesome. There are more people here. Don't be afraid. Don't be shy. Come on, as a sign of surrender, as a sign of saying yes to God, boldly lift up your right hand to God and say, I want to lead you in that prayer. That is awesome. Come on, let's pray together. I want you to repeat this words after me. I'm only giving you the words. Make this your own words from the bottom of your heart. Dear Lord Jesus, I believe that you died for me. I believe that you rose again and that you are alive. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive my sins. Be my Savior and my Lord from now forever. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on church, can we congratulate those who made that decision for the first time. This is the best prayer, the best confession of your life. Because heaven is now in your heart. In a minute, Pastor John is going to come and tell you what you need to do to move forward in this journey. But before that, I want to pray for every person. Just one more time. For people to just break free from fears. Break free from the power of self. Break free from a mindset of why should I?
into why wouldn't I? Every fear is going going away in Jesus' name. By the name of Jesus, I pray for every precious children of yours in this place. I pray for breakthrough in their lives. In the name of Jesus. Lord, let every person here step into the next dimension of world changing from a self-protection mode to a world changer mode. I speak that over soul church in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for hearing our prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Once again, I want to thank you all for having me here. Pastor thank John and Chantel, thank you. We love you all. God bless you. Thank you. Wow. Don't you just love Pastor Biju? What a great word. And I want to thank everyone who lifted up your hand at the end and said, hey, you wanted that connection point with Jesus. And this isn't the end. This is the beginning. And we want to give you a gift. It's a Bible. It's a, a Bible in everyday language. And when you head out, if you slipped up your hand, or maybe you didn't lift up your hand, it's not about your hand, it's about your heart, but you really said that prayer and you felt like you wanted to connect with God, something bigger than yourself. Our team will be out there in the foyers. Please, first step is take one of these Bibles, our team, they've got little connect cards. We can love you to fill that in so we can stay connected with you and let you know all the various things that are coming up in Soul Church. But the second thing I really want to encourage you to do, if you lifted up your hand today online and in the room, is keep coming back to church whether that's virtually, whether that's uh, coming back in person service. But, you know, one of the things which Pastor Biju said, he says that you have, when you're planted, if a plant goes into a pot and it stays planted and it's watered, it will grow. And how your life moves forward and how it grows is to stay planted. If you keep uprooting a plant and moving it from various things, it's going to eventually die. And so many Christians have moved away from faith during this season because they haven't stayed planted. I, I take, took that away today that we've got to stay planted in this season, especially in the times we're living with all the challenges around the world. We've got to stick together, stay in the light. And so I encourage you, if you made that decision today, come back next week. And come back the following week. And as a church community and as a church family, together we're stronger in these times. So once again, come on, let's thank everyone who said that prayer today. Thanks again for tuning in. And if you said the salvation prayer today, we'd love for you to email connecttofaith at soulchurch.com so we can talk to you a little bit more about this incredible decision that you've just made. Yeah, you know, and if at any point in the service you felt moved to give towards any of our local or global initiatives, then head to soulchurch.com and click on the giving at the top of the page. Thanks again for joining us today, and we hope to see you again soon. God bless.